Lake Effect brings you conversations about what's happening in Milwaukee and the people, places, and organizations that shape the community. This is Lake Effect Spotlight from WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR. Many of Milwaukee's historic buildings are made of milky yellow bricks, giving it the nickname Cream City. The masonry blocks are a sense of local pride for Milwaukeeans. But why? And how did they get here? Lake Effect's expert Nunez speaks with historic preservation planner Andrew Stern about the history behind Milwaukee's famous bricks. As someone who moved here a little less than a month ago, I've heard Milwaukee be referred to as Cream City. How did the city get this nickname? So the Cream City name um, developed because of the multitude of cream brick buildings that were found throughout the city of Milwaukee um, and southeastern Wisconsin in the 19th century. The the brick-making industry was very large here, and we had some very prominent um, businessmen, George and his brother John Burnham, and they had brickyards on the south side of the Menominee River Valley that produced millions and millions of bricks. They really started kicking it into high gear in the 1850s, and then their business lasted in the valley um, through the rest of the 19th century. Their children ended up um, becoming brickmakers too. But the, the brick that was produced there, as opposed to a, a red brick, was a soft cream yellow color. So when brick buildings were constructed, they used their local brick. And just the multitude of buildings that were going up were cream-colored. And Milwaukee developed the nickname of Cream City based on the, the number of brick buildings that we had here. So that kind of leads me into my question of why did the city rely on using these like soft cream colored bricks for its buildings and not the average red brick? Because of the clay that is found in the Menominee River Valley and and along Lake Michigan, the clay found here is higher in magnesium and calcium. And when that burns, it dilutes the effect of the red iron that's found in the clay. So the clay is fired very hot and it produces a cream colored brick. And in the 19th century, before the railroads were here, it just would have been really unfeasible to ship bricks. Um, So that was our local product, and we embraced it. We loved it. And it really brought a lot of attention and renown to Milwaukee and helped us develop this identity. People would come and visit and then write home about this beautiful yellow city. And uh, it really kind of helped put Milwaukee on the map as the city was developing. That's really interesting. And so does its history primarily have ties to Milwaukee or do other cities in Wisconsin and beyond have a history of its own using these bricks too? Yeah. So Milwaukee had the largest industry um, that produced the Cream City bricks, but we also shipped millions and millions of these bricks first to the East Coast and then later with the development of the transcontinental railroads. A lot of Western cities would use the Milwaukee brick as a facing brick And there's evidence of a number of the bricks being sent to Chicago following the Great Fire down there. The cream uh, Milwaukee brick was used for a number of lighthouses along Lake Michigan on the Michigan side. It was used for a city hall in Utica, New York. Um, And there's also a a funny story um, from one of the newspapers um, describing how the editor of the Albany Journal kept a single Milwaukee cream city brick on his desk for people to come and look at. And and the newspaper article was speculating that there would be orders of Milwaukee brick to Albany before long after people see what a fine product it was. You mentioned what the brick is made of. Is it still used today to build structures? No. By about the end of the 1920s, a number of factors helped kind of end cream brick production in the city of Milwaukee. Architectural trends had really changed by about the turn of the century. A lot of structures were starting to use marble and stone more prominently. 
Also, it was easier to get red brick shipped via railroad here. So a lot of red pressed brick was showing up in the city. Also, a number of the clay deposits were just exhausted by about the turn of the century, and the demand wasn't there for it as much anymore. Fast forward to today, where can these cream-colored buildings be found throughout the city? Yeah, they, they are still around, obviously not in, in the numbers that they once were. Um, it's amazing if you look at photographs of downtown from the 1870s and 1880s, like almost every building you see is a brick building. Um, so unfortunately, the city doesn't quite have that number of structures anymore, but there are some great locations to check out. I would say Walker's Point is a great area where there are a, a number of large commercial and residential structures that are constructed of, of cream brick. And there's some really nice warehouse buildings down there that were constructed of cream city brick. Closer to downtown, the brewery districts, um, Schlitz Park and then the Pabst um, Brewery Complex a large number, if not all of their um, buildings that were originally part of the um, part of the brewery complexes were constructed of Cream City brick. But the Cream City brick is kind of known for picking up environmental damage that could be in the form of algae growth. But definitely with the number of coal-fired power production and, and just method of heating homes from the 19th century, you know, through into the 20th century, um, if it hasn't been cleaned, those Cream City bricks pick up a lot of the dirt and grime. And it's interesting to see a dichotomy of like recently cleaned nice shiny Cream City brick buildings or or some that haven't, you know, maybe been touched ever and cleaned ever. Um, Old St. Mary's Church downtown on, on Broadway is a great example of a building that hasn't been cleaned and it really wears its Cream City brick uh, grittiness pretty well. But then there are a number of buildings, especially over at the Pabst Brewery Complex, that have recently been cleaned and look pretty shiny and, and almost as if they were put up within the last couple of years. Interesting. Um, I guess this is a question of curiosity. Is it difficult to clean cream brick? Um, it, it can be. You always want to use the lightest, most gentle means possible when you're cleaning a product like that. And you certainly don't want to blast it or sandblast it or anything like that. That'll take the hard protective shell off of the brick, which can expose it to the inside. Then it'll erode a lot more quickly. So you'd want to use water to start with, and then maybe some detergents. They, they have specific masonry cleaning products that can kind of, over time, over applications, sort of wash away some of the dirt and grime. Gotcha. And so I know that the Milwaukee Preservation Alliance and the American Institute of Architects Milwaukee held the Cream City Brick Symposium last month. Why is it important for this part of the city's history to be recognized? Oh, I think it's utterly important that it's recognized. I mean, like I said, Cream City Brick really put Milwaukee on the map. It was sort of our badge of honor for a lot of the 19th century. Um, and it's important to celebrate that and work towards preserving those that are still here so that future generations can can take a look and be like, wow, that building's been here for 150 years and it was part of our historic fabric and just celebrate the architectural history and the industrial history of the city of Milwaukee. Are there any current efforts to preserve cream-colored buildings throughout Milwaukee? Not, not a citywide effort. Um, in order to have any sort of historic protection, a building would need to be locally designated at the city level. So just being placed on the National Register of Historic Places doesn't offer a protection against demolition. But if a building or buildings are locally designated, then anytime demolition would be proposed, it would need to go to the Historic Preservation Commission for review and discussion. But there isn't like a citywide ordinance that would protect every Cream City brick building in the city. Although, I don't know, it doesn't sound like a horrible idea to me, but I think politically it might be a little bit difficult. But yeah, it would be on the commercial building owner or the private uh, residential owner to be responsible for taking care of their cream brick buildings. 
Understood. And so um, in addition to working in historic preservation, I know you're the author of um, Cream City, the brick that made Milwaukee famous. What made you want to study the city's history with the cream bricks? Well, I grew up around here and I always admired and appreciated the architecture and, and the cream brick buildings. And my family has a farmhouse that's been in our family since the 1850s. And the actual house was constructed probably about 1870. And it's a cream brick house. And I always loved it. Um, And then when I got to graduate school and it came time to figure out what to write my thesis on, I was like, well, Cream City Brick is really cool. Uh, And as I started to do research about it, I found that there there wasn't a ton of literature about Cream City Brick. There there was a, a great essay that architectural historian and architect H. Russell Zimmerman had done in about 1970. And then there was another master's thesis from a gentleman from the University of Chicago that primarily looked at technical specific side of Cream City Brick. But I was like, wow, it's you know one of my favorite things and it's about Milwaukee and I love Milwaukee. Um, so I was really enthusiastic to, to sort of go forward with it. What's something interesting that Milwaukeeans might not know about its history with the Cream Bricks? Okay, so this is, it's kind of a weird story. I don't think it's like too morbid or anything, but apparently um, on the south side of the Menominee River Valley, there was an old city cemetery. It was a pioneer cemetery. And um, at some point, I believe in the 1860s, all, and I'll put that in air quotes, all of the bodies were moved to Forest Home Cemetery. And the Burnham brothers, John Burnham, acquired the property to use for brick production. Well, it turns out that not all of the bodies were moved. And uh, there are articles in the in the local papers of, oh, uh, workers at the Burnham Brickyard discovered uh, another another bunch of bodies in, in the brickyard. And you know, they're removing the, the larger bones that they can get out of there, but uh, the smaller ones, they're just grinding up to use as brick. And, and another article a, a couple of years later that was like, oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're finding more, more bones in the, in the old cemetery. And it quoted, uh, it quoted an architect being like, yeah, I, I know that, that there are buildings in downtown where you can see the bones in the brick. Oh, my gosh. I know. I'm, I'm like, for people who are not, like, seeing me, my mouth was like, what? Um, that's crazy. I guess it gives a different meaning to, to bricks being the backbone of the city of Milwaukee. It oh might gosh. actually might actually be the backbones. <laughs> wow. Um, this is, yeah, that was definitely very interesting. I'm not sure a lot of people know that, but... Yeah. <laughs> It's a pretty weird story. So I guess next time if you're if you're in front of a Cream City brick building, it might not be a large chunk of lime that's sticking out of the brick or it, it might be, I don't know. <laughs> we could speculate. We could speculate. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for your time, Andrew. I really appreciated this conversation. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Andrew Stern is a senior planner of historic preservation for the city of Milwaukee. He spoke with Lake Effects, Excret Nunez. You can also find a bubbler talk about Milwaukee's Cream City Bricks at wuwm.com. You can find more interviews like this one by visiting wuwm.com slash lakeeffect. And while you're there, subscribe to the Lake Effects Spotlight podcast.